Hi, I'm Scott Houston. Welcome to the final episode in our STP special report on re-rates. In the prior four episodes, we've talked about specific drivers of rates for the upcoming year. In this episode, we want to sit down with Executive Director Jeff Thompson and get his perspective on the state of pooling and the state of the TML risk pool. This episode is part of the pool's Local Officials Stronger Together podcast series. It's one way we serve local officials through integrity, public service, fiscal responsibility, and operational excellence. As always, please direct specific questions about coverage to your member services manager. All right, welcome back. We're here with Jeff Thompson, the pool's executive director. Welcome, Jeff. We've talked to a lot of different staff members about a lot of different issues. And in this episode, we want to really get your perspective on what's going on now and what's been going on in the past and how we got here today. So maybe you can tell us from the executive director's position how we got here today, yeah. where we came from. It's been an, an interesting five years, Scott. Um, you know, five years ago, we were uh, sitting uh, very good in a very good financial position, the position that continues today, but, um, you know, the largest loss in the pool's history up to that date, five years ago, was uh, Hurricane Ike, mm -hmm. and that was a, about a $38 million event for the, for the pool, um, several, several years before that, obviously. So in that five years since then, however, um, we've had uh, Hurricane Harvey, which was about a $110 million event for the pool, largest in the pool's history. Uh, we've had the winter storm, which was another $80 million uh, for the pool. Uh, and then, of course, we've had uh, the COVID pandemic, which uh, to date, uh, the pool has incurred uh, over $90 million in COVID claims. Right, and that's what uh, Randy Criswell, the Board of Trustees Chair, in the original video, referred to as a series of gut punches. A series of gut punches, right. absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, to use an overwrought term, it's been unprecedented the last, the last five years in terms of uh, the, the financial impact on the pool. But what's great about that, and I think is what is a testament to the pool, a testament to the membership, is that the pool finds itself in the exact same financial position as it did five years ago. In fact, Pool's members' equity is about 110,000 more than it was uh, five five years ago, despite those three those three gut punches. Right, and a number of those items were actually, for lack of a better term, absorbed by that member equity. Right. Right. Exactly. I mean, and that's one of the sort of structural um, and and mission driven items that the the pool really looks at, and instead of taking those good years and having them as, as profit, that profit goes into the member's equity and then is used to withstand these big bumps. Right, and we sometimes refer to that as a shock absorber or our loss, if you will, is the member's gain. Right? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, $38 million was the biggest loss we had had up until a few years ago, and, and that seems like a lot of money, but as you mentioned, we had three losses that were three times that much almost yep. uh, each. Yep. So tell us a little bit about where we are now and how it looks. Well, I mean, I think you've heard it from Lindsay, you've heard it from Tito, you've heard it from, from Ryan and Claudia, uh, uh, all of the other folks that were, were here before. I mean, 
inflation obviously continues to be uh, something that we're we're looking at. Uh, climate change piece is uh, whether you know man-made or not. Uh, we're seeing it in our losses uh, for sure. The, the weather patterns in Texas are um, difficult to predict and difficult to to, to sustain uh, long term. So uh, we're trying to use the pool's stabilizing mechanisms to to keep that impact uh, to a to a minimal effect for uh, for the members. And of course, you know the the pandemic is still not entirely over. We're still seeing uh, you know probably 70, 75 claims a week uh, as we as we sit as we sit here right now. Thankfully, they have not been as severe as what we saw during the Alpha and Delta variants. Right, and I meant to say that at the beginning. We're glad to have you back. You got knocked out for about a week with COVID, had a pretty rough go of it, so yep. had, had a personal experience with it as well. Yep, Well, the COVID beard to boot and everything. So. <laughs> I've got one too. Well, we, when we talked to Randy at the very beginning of this series, he did say that he didn't think there was going to be a way to make it through this without increasing rates in some cases, and that would mean that members' contributions in, in, in many cases will be going up. Yeah. Tell us about why we needed to do that and the reasons behind that. Well, let me let me talk a little bit first about uh, sort of the stabilizing mechanisms, I think, that, that we use, uh, and there are, there are several of those. Uh, you know, mission-driven is this pool. Uh, our mission is rate stability. So everything that we do is all about how, how can we keep our current rates very consistent over, over time. Given the magnitude of some of the events that we've talked about uh, over the last uh, five years, uh, we, have, we have to make some adjustments in that. But I can tell you we're not making them in a way that we think is going to be detrimental. I mean, the, the member budget is our ultimate focus. And so trying to to stabilize that cost pattern uh, for our members is really uh, what's, what, is, what is key. There are several things that we use to, to try to do that. Uh, we've got the mission, uh, of course. The members themselves, uh, the fact that they have continued to be supportive of the pool, and not so much the supportive of the pool, but the partnership that the pool represents, which means they are supporting one another. Um, that is something that no other provider, I, I think, can bring uh, to the to the table that that the pool can. That's true, and I, you know, I've been going around the state recently and talking to groups of elected officials and managers and city attorneys and others, and almost to a T, they come up to me and say it's a no-brainer for us to be a member of the TML risk pool as opposed to trying to do some some other way to cover ourselves. Well, I think there's some structural advantages that the pool has that goes into that stabilization piece. If you think about who we are, you mentioned in a previous podcast that we are uh, a unit of local government, just like our members are. You think about our distribution mechanism, for example. Uh, we're not paying agent commissions, and agent commissions are you know, 15, 20% sometimes, depending on the line of coverage. So we back that out. We have a member services crew that's equal to roughly about 4% of our total operating budget. Uh, and so those kind of tailwinds really help us uh, just from a feature standpoint, who we are, uh, to, keep our, to keep our costs low. Right, and another key, right, is that we, we say this frequently, we're not an insurance company, we're a pool, we're a group of, of partners. 
But another key is the fact that we're not beholden to shareholders. Right. We're not here to make money. We're here to be that shock absorber and have the amounts that are needed to protect the membership. Any year in which we have a, a, a large gain, for example, uh, there have not been too many of those in, <laughs> in recent years, but that money gets plowed back into the member's equity and then used to further shock absorb uh, bad years or, or bad events that come forward. And the, the final other thing that, that I've personally noticed, unlike some other types of providers, I see our executive team and our board of directors striving to find ways to get to coverage, to help the members, to help the partnership, yeah. rather than you know saying, no, we're denying that, and then you have to go through a whole bunch of Great mess to get there. Yeah. Great baseball analogy, Ty always goes to the runner, and in our <laughs> case, the, the, the member is our runner. Right. And uh, we we always try to err on, on that on that side and work with the members even even when we have to make a tough call. So we've talked about all the different coverages that we have: property, uh, workers' comp, and obviously the drivers on those two coverages are are fairly obvious. I mean, everyone can feel that at home. Everyone's dealing with the pandemic. Um, people have lost loved ones close to them or been sick themselves. Property issues related to inflation that we can't say enough, supply chain issues, uh, all those things go into the fact that there will be modest increases related to those coverages. One thing that's interesting to me is that our liability coverage, as a general proposition, the rate won't be increasing, right? Right. right. So tell us a little bit about that and, and, and why we've been able to keep that rate stable. Well, writing three different uh, distinct lines of coverage, uh, workers' comp, property, and liability, and then, of course, now forth, the, the cyber, uh, which is a, a smaller smaller group. What's interesting about that from a financial perspective is it provides a diversification of risk. And in any normal year, we normally have one problem child. What's been interesting the last couple of years is kind of all three have, have reared their head. Liability coverage is really an interesting, um, really, really an interesting coverage right now uh, because we've seen a lot of social unrest. We've seen a lot of additional um, scrutiny on law enforcement, for, for example. Uh, we knew with property and liability, or property and workers' comp, we were going to have to pass along some increases, whether in the form of increased valuation uh, or um, increased rates for, for public safety. Liability, those claims develop over such a long period of time, however. Um, you know, it, you have an event, let's say a, a liability event, that could create a, a situation where liability is, is assumed. You might be two years before you even get a lawsuit on that. And then you get the lawsuit and then it takes three, four, five years. We still have right. uh, cl claims, liability claims that are open from before 2010. And even the pandemic overlays that because the courts have been closed in many cases. Exactly. So they're pushing it back even further. It, it is a very long haul on the liability side. And we are seeing those cost pressures on the liability side for sure. So we, we felt like it was a good year to take a breather on liability rates and really see how things develop. Yeah, we're seeing some more activity. We're seeing something that could generate more. But again, we've got a long time to, to fund for that and to pay for it. 
So you talked, and Randy at the beginning actually read the mission statement of the pool, which is to provide a stable source of risk financing, stability being the first component, but then also to provide appropriate loss prevention services to the members. And the loss prevention component, besides the actual money, right, the loss prevention component is the most important thing that we do. And, And what we want to do is stop claims, stop accidents, stop injuries before they happen. I I think the most important component of that is that we want to put ourselves in the members' shoes and help them develop uh, programs, philosophies, approaches to to not only uh, prevent losses, but to reduce those losses after they've they've occurred. Um, Our loss prevention team, you heard from Irvin Yannick earlier uh, in the podcast series, they're working with members on a day-to-day basis to do just that. We're looking at the trends uh, of our claims. We're looking at places where we feel like uh, some additional intervention on behalf of the risk pool, not to take over a program for a member, to, but, but to provide the resources. Uh, the Road Ready Initiative, for example, mm-hmm. we're talking about you know what is the pool's role from a law enforcement standpoint. Right. Um, and we'll be working on law enforcement uh, and how we assist members with having the best law enforcement departments they can have and the safest departments. And we'll be working through a strategic plan over the coming months to figure out how we best do that. Yeah, how the, how the best use of the pool's resources and ultimately the members' resources are to, to do that. In fact, Randy Criswell said that's the reason he originally got involved in the pool. In the very first podcast episode we did, he had had some safety issues at the city he was at at the time, and he called the risk pool and had... Uh, our consultants go out there and help them develop a safety plan yeah. to avoid future accidents. So I thought that was a, a really good story. From a, you know, th- those are those components are essential from a prevention standpoint. There's no question. Uh, I think if there's a message that I'd like the members to hear, uh, though, as well, is that the loss reduction piece of that is is equally a part of loss prevention. Uh, things like our building envelope uh, system, where you know, a member can have a, a hail claim, for example, may not know where to go. We have experts who can come in and essentially act as the manager for them on site. Uh, they've got hundreds of things to do. This is just another thing. We can take that off of, off of their plate. That helps in a number of ways. Obviously, it takes that off their plate. But second, we have buying arrangements where we can uh, reduce the cost of uh, those inflated goods uh, these days. Uh, we've got expertise in how to replace and to do those things. That's all about being a good partner uh, with the other members of the pool to help reduce uh, those, those overall costs. Right, and you, you talked about the Building Envelope Systems Team, which is a, a, is a recovery program for roofing specifically, and we've had a specific podcast on Synergy NDS, yep. which is our a turnkey recovery partner as well. And I've, I've said this everywhere I've been. I've never met people that were more competent and excited about what they were doing and, and willing to help. And what I want the members to hear is we want to be your first call. Uh, we, don't, we don't want to be overly pushy, but at the same time, we want to be your first call because chances are we've dealt with some of the issues, even, even from, oh my gosh, we've got this this huge event and I've got no roof or I've got, you know, a, a huge 
uh, flood in one of my activity centers, we've got we've got folks on the ground who can literally come in and help the member from the very beginning of that claim. So, no call is too early uh, after an event. Even if even if you're thinking that you might have an event, <laughs> right. call us. Put right. us on notice. I like it, and and. Of course, I have to shamelessly plug some other episodes of the podcast that we've done on those specific programs. So take a look at take a look at that, and you'll hear some testimonials from city officials. I guess what I'd like to do is before we wrap up, there's one other thing I'd like to touch on that I think is very very important, and we've really made efforts in member outreach to to tell them how important it is, which is cyber security yep. and cyber liability coverage. Um, that's one of the biggest threats that our members face now. And we talked to Ryan about it for a long period of time. But with regard to rates, it's very difficult to know how to work those, right? I mean, we've, we've talked about that because it's hard to predict what type of losses we'll see. So what, what, tell us a little bit about cyber and your position on that. Well, just like reinsurance, for example, is a stabilizing effect, one of the programmatic uh, stabilizing effects that that we purchase, and Lindsay talked a good bit about that in the in your previous episode. Uh, we have a, a cyber reinsurance provider as well, and the beautiful thing about the cyber reinsurance side is that comes with a whole spate of services uh, that include, you know, breach consultation. Um, you know, there there are any number of things that happen that can happen post breach, post ransomware, post what. Again, more resources that the pool can avail uh, to the to the membership. So, getting into a cyber claim early is absolutely critical. That's right. I mean, you talked about call us first, and we've talked about that after hurricanes and other types of events. But numero uno on that is cyber. If if someone has gets hacked or downloads malware or clicks on the wrong link and the computer screen goes blank or they ask you for money pick up the phone and call the pool because yep. we can instantaneously bring resources to bear on Absolutely. That. Absolutely. All right. Well, um, let's wrap up. Let's, let's talk about whatever else you'd like to say to talk about the state of the pool, the state of pooling, and the rates that will be coming to members shortly. Yeah, I'd just reiterate what Tito said. The, the state <laughs> of the pool is, is strong. It continues to be strong. And, you know, all of the the stabilizing features that we use uh, to, to bring stable rates to the membership. They've been shaken a little bit, uh, shaken on re-entry, so to speak, but um, they, they are still strong. The financial position of the, of the pool is strong. Um, the staffing position of the pool is strong. We have the resources uh, and the knowledge and the know-how here to, to help our members in any kind of event. Um, but I think First and foremost, the, the most important message is the realization that uh, we are serving members. The pool is not an entity of, in and of itself. Uh, we are an amalgamation of all of our members, and it's our members that make us, make us strong. We recognize that from the very beginning of every decision that we make all the way to uh, how that, that decision is then implemented and communicated to the membership. That's awesome. And all I can say is thank you for giving me a chance at the pool and all the people that I've met have been that work here have been so dedicated and so excited about what they do. It's really been a, a nice place for me to be. So I appreciate you and thanks for being here today. Glad to have you, Scott, thanks, and thank you. 
Welcome back. There won't be any action items for these episodes, but if you have questions about coverage, please contact your member services manager. To review written materials associated with this episode or to ask Scott a question, please visit www.tmlirp.org and click on the STP podcast button. For specifics about your entity's coverages or rates, please contact your member services manager.